Thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, praise God. Woo. I could, I, could, I could move right into prophetic time right now, but I need, to, I need to at least get some of this declared today because God wants to speak this. In uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, uh, we read some of this last, last Sunday. He told them to go back, and he said in verse 49, he said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Oh, that's a powerful statement. I send the promise, the one that cannot lie, sent the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That word endued means to be clothed, to be wrapped up in, to be clothed. Jesus was declaring a restoration that was going to restore humanity. You know, in the, in the book of Genesis, in the, in, the, in the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to clothe themselves in their own temporary abilities. And, but it was a withering, weak attempt at clothing themselves. They were clothed with the glory of the Lord. I mean, they, they walked in the glory and, and presence of God. And when they sinned, that was lifted, and their shame and fear came upon them. But they, they tried to clothe themselves. They tried to, they tried to accommodate. They tried to somehow put something in the place of what they had lost. But it was weak and withering, and God came down and, and met with them, and they ran and hid, and, they, and God saw them in their weak, feeble attempts at trying to replicate what he had done, what he had given them. And how many, how many of us have, have tried to replicate what God has done? And oh, the church has, has, has left the presence of God and has went back to trying to put fig leaves on ourselves to try to replicate what God did. But I got to tell you, there is nothing that can replace the glory of God. Sin brought the temporary the, the temporary failed attempts of our, our humanity, and we try, to, we try to clothe ourselves and make ourselves look acceptable to God. But I got to tell you something, there is nothing that can make us acceptable to God except the presence and glory of God itself. God has to endure us, cover us. God came down and saw their weak attempts at trying to endue themselves with power. How many, how many churches today, myself included, for several years, the, 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 most, the most prayer that took place was speaking in tongues on the way to the pulpit to preach because we were so busy trying to endue ourselves and cover ourselves. I told you there's something erupting inside of me today. I don't know if I can get this out or not. But we, we've got to get away from our attempts and our busyness and our, our, our failed 
futile attempts at our, our infinitesimal abilities trying to somehow replicate what the glory and all majesty of God has given us. And we have put it off and we've said, we can do this, God. We can do it ourselves. We've got programs and we've got lights and we've got smoke machines and we've got music and we've got intelligence and we've got all this stuff that we can, we can make you proud of us, God. We can show you that we can, we can create something that you will be so blessed with and our Cain offering is being rejected by God. We have left ourselves vulnerable as a, as a people. We've left ourselves in a place, and God forgive all of us ministers and pastors that have dressed ourselves in our spiritual fig leaves and tried to go out and somehow show the world that we know who God is and, and, and we know how God works and, and God's trying to get us to understand that we've got to humble ourselves and quit trying to show people that we know who God is and we need to start letting God show who he is. <laughs> Hallelujah. God came down and saw their weak and feeble attempts and said, who told you you were naked? Who told you to do this? And he said, they said the serpent, and then, and then Adam blamed his wife, which is still happening today. <laughs> you know, we tried to make excuses, and we tried to come up with things, and we tried to, we tried, you know... Uh, But there was no excuse. They were caught. You ever felt caught? Man, I've, I've felt caught by God before. He's challenged me on stuff, and it's just like, I've, it's like a little kid with his hand caught in a cookie jar. It's just like it, you, you, just, you, you, feel, you feel just like a little kid. I mean, you know, it's like you're in trouble, and, and when that happens, just fess up. Hurt, just quickly fess up. Don't try to get yourself out of it. Just, just say, yep, yep. Yep, you're right. <laughs> I, was pray, I, was, I was praying one time and, and complain, I wasn't praying, I was complaining about the fact that, that all the things that God's called me to do, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't supplying the provision for. And, and we were struggling and, we, and there was so much, we were struggling so much and, and we couldn't, couldn't get it done. And, and for two hours, I just, I just travailed in complaints. And finally, Holy Spirit spoke to me so strongly that it, it literally arrested me and just, and just stopped me. And I, f I felt like there was this big, huge spotlight shining on me all of a sudden. And I was caught, and there was no way out. And Holy Spirit said, so you're saying it's my fault. <laughs> Woo! I'd, I'd left my office from my complaint chair. And I'd got outside, and I was walking down the road, and I was just, I was just telling God how things just wasn't working, and and you know you called me to do this, and, and all this stuff, and and He arrested me, He spoke to me, and so you, you're saying it's my fault. I stopped. I can take you to the place on the pavement where I'm standing out here. I stopped in my tracks, and I stood there for quite a while, just trying to think of a way to get out of this, and yet. 
the one that knows the very intents and thoughts of my heart had shined a spotlight on me and there was nothing I could say or do and, and my fig leaves were showing. And I said, God, obviously I do think it's your fault because I've just spent the last two hours telling you how much you're failing me. God, you've cut, you, you're failing me. What I didn't realize is what God had spoke to me to do. He didn't expect me to run off and leave him. He expected me to humble myself and continually say, God, this is yours. Show me the next step. Move my feet. Move my hands. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I'm not going to go on the rest of the story, but it, it has been a, a lifetime of, of seeing miracle after miracle after miracle of, of God's provision and blessing. But the, God came down and saw their futile attempt. And God did something that has marked humanity up until about 2,000 years ago. And God sacrificed animals and clothed them with the obvious representation of their sins. He clothed them in death. The dead skins of an animal. And he said, this is now your clothing. You had my glory. You walked in my presence. And now you will walk in the dead skins of sacrifice But he didn't leave it there. He said, the serpent might have bruised your heel, but you will bruise his head. Speaking of a time of hope coming one day, and, and here today we're reading the, pre, the declaration of Jesus as he stands there before a, a body of people that were decimated, that were full of death, that were full of competition, and, and, and just a bunch of misfits that he picked up along the way and organized them into a church, into a new movement, and, and he went around picking all those that nobody would accept, the, the tax collectors and the, and the smelly fishermen and and he went and picked out people that didn't seem to be leaders and didn't seem to be able to do anything. And he picked them out and said, come and follow me. And they followed him. And all of a sudden, Jesus was crucified on the cross. They were decimated. And then he rose again on the third day. And for 40 days, he showed himself to them and healing the wounds and the desperation and the, and the disappointment that was in their heart and getting them to lay down their competition and their problems. And now he's standing before him before he sends up into heaven and he's standing there and he says I am sending the promise of my father upon you ha, glory hallelujah you're about to be endued with glory What's he saying? I'm about to take the dead animal skins of sacrifice off of you, and I'm about to wrap you up in the glory of God again. I'm going to endure you, clothe you, clothe you with power, with my spirit, with my presence. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that, is, that, that just stirs my soul. Amen. Oh, God's about to take those old dead 
animal sacrifice skins off of them. And he's going to clothe them. But he said, go. You need to go and tarry. Stay put in the city. Don't run off with my promise until you receive it. Oh, my goodness, how many of the body of Christ gets a promise from God and we run off and start advertising we're having meetings about the promise? I've got a promise. A promise is only good when it's manifested. And we as the body of Christ have got to start letting God manifest what he said in our lives instead of just talking about it. <laughs> we have a lot, of, a lot of times we get together and talk about what God might do or wants to do, and we're always talking about what's about to come. You get around us prophetic people, and, and you'll hear us say, man, there's, there's about, you know, this is about to happen, and, and, and this is coming, and this, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm really kind of tired of talking that way. I'm wanting to go back. I'm wanting to, I, want to, I want to be one of those prophets that stand up and say, this is it, which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. <laughs> Not it's coming. It's here, and this is it. <laughs> Woo! I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of prophesying about it. I'm tired of talking about the end times. I won't talk about the end times. Eschatology, I, I, I don't want to offend some of you, but I have removed eschatology from my teaching, from my prayers, because all I want to do is I want to look up to the Father and see what is the Father doing today. I'm going to live this thing till I die. I'm not going to die and then wait till I stop breathing. I want to walk my days not anticipating Antichrist. I want to walk my days in the Christ and in the glory of the Lord and see what God wants to do today. Amen. Hallelujah. It's kind of, it's kind of like, yeah, the Antichrist is real, but he, he probably should not have gotten our way. Because God never releases his authority to the Antichrist. Matter of fact, you read the book of Revelations, you find out that God tells him how long, where, and how. And then he smacks him down. Amen. It's kind of like being called out in the middle and then being slapped. Amen. Right in front of everybody. That, that's what's going to happen. Come on. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. And if you want to argue eschatology with me, just argue all you want to. I will not respond because I'm walking right now today in the Holy Spirit. How to, and when Jesus comes, I'm gone out of here. Don't worry about me. I'm leaving. Amen. You know why? Because he's coming for a church and a bride that is pure and spotless and holy. And he's coming for a bride that's doing the work and active. Not sitting around the table wishing. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
He said, go tear in Jerusalem because you got to be clothed in what I have. you got to be clothed in who I am. There's, there, there's a new robe coming down on you. I'm about to cover you with something new that you ain't never had before. Praise God. In Romans chapter 2, he said, he said the life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now listen to me. The law, this is, this is after the resurrection. This is after the day of Pentecost. And Paul is declaring what happened. He said the, the law of life in Christ Jesus, that new robe, has made you free from the law of sin and death. In other words, he said, he took the old dead skins off of you and he put that brand new white robe of righteousness on you. You're clothed in something different today. In the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 5, he said, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Oh, thank God. Not many days from now. And they, they went right back to wanting to know the times. And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and clothed you to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and in the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. How many say we're the ends of the earth? We, we, we've, we've received it from the presence of God. Amen. In the, la, in the uh, last chapter of the book of, of Luke that was reading in it, it talks about that they, they went back after Jesus talked. They went back, and I talked about this last week, how that they went back and they, they, they were continually in the temple praising and rejoicing and oh they were just so happy talking about the promise they were just sharing with each other as repeating it as watchman god god the promise is coming the promise is coming the promise is coming and there's about 500 people saw him leave and heard him say that but on the day of pentecost listen to me it said I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to go back over here to verse 14, 1 and 14. It says, these all continued with one accord in prayer. Now, the first time it says they continually were in the presence of God, worshiping and praising God. Now, here, 10 days later, it says that they continued steadfastly. In other words, the, the, the yeehaw had left. The whoopee was gone. And about 500 people, or about 300 and, and uh, what is it, about 300 and, and uh, seven, 370, am I, am I figuring right? Anyway, there's a bunch of people <laughs> that left. <laughs> and they said, you know, we've been talking about the promise and the fun, the fun's gone. It's not fun anymore. So I'm out of here. And they went back about their daily business, just being a little discouraged and thinking, these bunch, these bunch of fanatics, they can stay here in this upper room all they want to, I'm leaving. And there was a whole bunch of them left. But there was about 120 of them that continued steadfastly. 
In other words, they endured through disappointment. They endured through hardship. They endured through fear. They endured through doubt. They endured through all the things that would try to get them to give up before the time came. And all of a sudden, it says in the, in the second chapter of the book of Acts, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, I want you to stop and think about this. This was not special effects from the worship team, this was not a dramatic exercise that we produce. This was a heavenly infiltration of earth. And it said, and suddenly there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. You know what that means? It means there was a strong, violent wind that suddenly descended from heaven. Have you ever, have you ever been seen one of those, those uh, straight-line winds they call? We have those a lot. We don't have tornadoes a lot here, but we have those straight-line winds that, that the sheer of the hot and cold air, you know, the, 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 the cold begins to come down, the hot begins to go up, and all of a sudden you have that shear that takes place and drives the wind to the ground, and those straight-line winds, they can be uh, dramatic. I mean, they can tear stuff up. They can, they can move stuff out of the way just like a tornado, just not twisting. It's just pushing. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. All of a sudden, there was a strong, violent wind that began to stir. Oh, i got to tell you something. You, you know why it came across as strong and violent? Because it originated in the presence of God where the glory of God was just stirring. The angels and elders were worshiping. God was declaring and singing. And all of a sudden it came down, but it had to go through the second heaven. Who is it that is the principality of the air in the second heaven? And all of a sudden it came with force through that second heaven. Devils scattered. Demons rolled. And it came through like a mighty rushing violent wind through the second heaven into earth. That's what they heard. They didn't hear it leave heaven. They heard it clash with the adversary. Woo! That's what they heard. A mighty, rushing, violent wind begins to come through, tearing apart the strategies of the devil, tearing apart the deception of the enemy, tearing apart the authority of that one that dwells in the heavenlies, the second have the principality of the air, and it comes through, and it comes flying into that upper room, and a strong might, can you imagine being in that upper room? It wasn't just a sound. It was a strong, rushing wind that all of a sudden pinned them to the floor, the wall, and everything else, and set upon them. It says cloven tongues of fire. It, it was talking about the fire of God come down and just begin to split and sit up on each one. And this is, this is, oh, I like this. 
in the Amplified Bible, it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The Amplified Bible says it like this, that all of a sudden they were, that the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, was diffused throughout their soul. Oh, I like that. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God was diffused throughout their soul, their very being. Every molecule in their being suddenly was touched by the glory and the presence of God in a way that transformed them. Oh, hallelujah. How many is hungry to see some transformations take place? The only way that's going to happen is when the glory and power of God starts being diffused throughout people, throughout their souls. Amen. We could do a, we, we'll, we'll be able to do a whole lot less counseling when all of a sudden we start having a mighty impartation of the Spirit of God being diffused into the very souls and minds of people where it literally transforms their thinking. Healing takes place. They rise up. All of a sudden, they rise up with the very fragrance of God diffused throughout their very being, not the corrupt, sick, pungent odor of sin and debauchery and pain and suffering, but all of a sudden, the diffuse, the presence of God is diffused throughout their being, and they rise up, and out of them comes the fragrance and, and sweet-smelling odor of the presence of God out of their very being. Hallelujah. Changed and transformed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have the ability today to make some pretty impressive effects. And uh, I kind of hold a cap on that. Amen. You know why? Because in my heart... If all, if, all, if all I had was the fig leaves, then, man, I'd be going for it. And so how many, oh, the church today, we got to, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but the church today has got to get, get rid of the fig leaves. Yeah. Amen. We got to get rid of the rotten skins of, of animal sa of sacrifice off of us. Amen. Every time God starts moving, he has to bring the church back through the animal sacrifice ritual of, of, of sins being, you know, we, we have to get right with God again, all over again. I, I'm, ready, I'm ready to see a move of God where we don't have to just get people right, but all of a sudden we just get, we, we, we get right. We get it right. And, and there's the fragrance of God just starts being, whew, yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Sure you know what I'm talking about. Amen. But I, see, in my heart, in my heart, I, I have experienced, I've had enough encounters with God and with the heavenly presence and sounds of heaven that I'm waiting, I'm waiting for another heavenly infiltration of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. I want to I hear some wind. I want, to see, I want to see lights flashing, but I want it to be the glory of God. I mean, I mean power and glory of God. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
I, I enjoy I enjoy worship. I enjoy all the all the stuff we've got. But listen to me. I, I'm I'm hungry. I am hungry. Oh my Lord, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. For some shaking. And I'm not just talking about people falling away from the church. That's why we, every time people fall out of the church, we say, oh, there's a shaking going on. Now there's a, there's a repudiated demonstration of, of human behavior. I said that really nice. I watch people run from church to church and get to the same level every time, and every time that God brings that level, instead of breaking through, they break out. They get mad at somebody, get, you know, and, and they, they refuse to go past that level that God keeps, I mean, keeps confronting them face to face, right in the face. And all of a sudden, they find an excuse to get out of there. And, and what God's trying to do is get you to break through. I'll get off that because I just felt a heaviness go through this place. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jesus. In the New Testament, in, in Acts, it says that they were being threatened. They were telling them, you're not going to, you can't preach in this name anymore. And so what'd they do? They got together and prayed. They went back to the source. They went back to the place where it happened. They went back to what got them to where they was in the first place. They didn't try to come up with something new. They said, oh, we got to run back to the upper room. We got to run back to the place where the glory came down. And they went back and they began to pray. And all of a sudden, the Bible says the place was shaken where they were praying. And they went out with boldness declaring the word of God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready for the glory of God to get so powerful that it, it transfers into the natural surroundings and we begin to see the demonstration of the glory of God in people's lives. Amen. We begin to see an outpouring that like we've never seen before. It's here. It's here. I'm not going to prophesy it coming. I'm declaring it's here. It is here. It is here. It lives in you. It lives in you. It lives in you. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. It's already happening. It's already taking place. We're not waiting for something to happen. We're receiving it right now. Everybody that's hungry is receiving from the glory of God. And the heavens are coming and pouring down upon us and filling our spirits. Stand with me today. Oh, thank God. We are receiving the glory of the Lord in our hearts. We're not, we're not looking for the next, next thing we can try to work up. We're going to close the fig leaf shop in the church. I said we're going to close the fig leaf shop in the church. The dead animal robes and apparel is out. Hallelujah. In order to get this, you've got to go to the heavenly tailor and be fitted for a robe that God creates for you and, and endues and robes you with. Hallelujah. We are in that day. Hallelujah. Get your eyes off everything the devil's doing 
and start getting your eyes on what God's doing because God is raising up, God is raising up, God is raising up. People are being raised up in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. It's coming into homes. It's coming into neighborhoods. I had a vision the other night. In the middle of the night, I was awake, and I had a vision. And it was the strangest vision i ever seen. I wasn't praying about anything. Matter of fact, I was in intense pain because I've been, that God's healing me of, of, of Anyway, I'm walking around here today. I'm not sitting. I'm walking. But during that time, I was awake. I was just trying to get some relief, trying to figure out what to do. And all of a sudden, my eyes were open. I saw this vision of like a video playing in front of me. Just caught me off guard because it was nothing I was thinking about or nothing I was trying to do. And all of a sudden, I saw swimming pools in neighborhoods where people are gathered around a swimming pool baptizing each other because people were getting saved in the neighborhoods. And they wasn't waiting to try to find a, a church or a pastor. They were just getting in the pool and being baptized because God was working. I might be just really setting myself up here, but I'm, I'm going to make a, de a declaration that God, God has taken us pastors from the role where we have to be out front making everything happen. And he's transferring us into a facilitator of the presence of God. We're going to start facilitating instead of trying to make it happen, trying to keep it going, trying to, oh my goodness, all the stuff we have to do, break up fights and, and try to keep the kids from fighting and try to make things happen, try to make everybody feel good, make, make everybody feel accepted, and make everybody feel welcome and, and make everybody feel like it's okay and God's taking us from that and he's bringing us into a place where we get out of the driver's seat of the bus and we just go get back in the seats with the people and we just start facilitating the move of God and letting God drive the bus and letting God feel, oh, come on somebody, this might, this might not sound too good to some, but I'm telling you this, I'm telling you we are becoming facilitators of a revival and of a move of God, which is a real transformation for me because I'm a very outgoing, stubborn, opinionated person. But I am so enjoying getting, getting to sit back and watch God do stuff. Ah, glory. Hallelujah. What an amazing blessing of God. Hallelujah, Father. Forgive us for our meager attempts at trying to impress you. Forgive us our meager attempts at trying to create something that you would accept. God, we repent of that today. And Father, we accept 
We accept the robes of God, the mantles of God that put us in the place where you can move. Where you are pleased. You are pleased. And where your glory is free to flow.